So there was an old man driving a car in front of our Uber. He was attempting to merge into traffic and he had stopped. It was dangerous because if you notice that he had stopped, you would rear end. Our cab driver lambs on the horn and he starts swearing at the guy. And then he flips the guy off as we pass by him. And he goes, he old. And then he goes like this. He goes, he like holds his body in a way as if he was a dead body in a coffin. And we were all like, oh God. And then he just didn't say anything. And then he just looks at me. I was in the front seat. He goes, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right. Lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with that idea. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. Julio and Francis here. We're hanging. We're chilling. Hanging and banging. You know what it is. Bonging and wronging. How are you feeling, dude? What am I watching you drink there, Ryan? What is that? Is it a coffee beverage? I'm trying something for the first time. I don't know if I like it. What, what is, is it? it? Uh, it is a protein shake, dairy-free vegan. Hmm. And I'm it? just trying to figure out whether I like it or not. So that's, you might have seen me make a face. Was it good? I think so. Only, the I just first, first sip set. is always is always deceptive. I bought it because whenever I go to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, I always try to get something fun. And this looked fun. fun. That is fun. Almond milk, you thought a dates. Dairy-free vegan protein shake was fun? I like the packaging. I agree with you, Ryan. Are you joking me, Ryan? Not at all. Are you joking me? Not at all. I, I think it's fun. So that's You know what I've said, started saying? Hey, go have fun, Ryan. No, fun. that's not fun. You need a treat. You need to treat yourself. When this you is, have this is chocolate. That's a treat, dude. That's not got chocolate. That's got cacao. <laughs> that tastes good to me. At best, at best, cacao. that's got cacao. <laughs> cacao. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you enjoy that fucking sludge, that <laughs> sewage pipe discharge. And if next time you want to actually have some fun, you hit me up, and I'll take you to a cupcake shop. Or some some we'll we'll do something real fun. We'll roll our sleeves up and get naughty. <laughs> Eat like six slices of Petey's Pie Company. Oh God, that's Petey's Pie. Or is good. Split good. three Levain cookies together. Petey's Pie is great too because it very clearly outlines what and has and does not have nuts in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's great for the dog because she dog. loves pie, dude. Does she love pie? She loves it. She, does she know how big of a pie she shot, does? Fishinati. She I knows am? you're a pie guy. I'm a pie guy. Uh, she she too loves pie. I'm a pie guy, and I am not afraid to let everyone know. <laughs> well, dude, speaking of fun, man, I was in a wedding in Budapest that I was very heavily involved in. Budapest. Budapest. Ah, I'm so uh, glad we're finally hearing about this, because we've been trying to talk about it for three episodes, and uh, I keep pushing us in other directions. We've got no, we've just gotten off on uh, different, but this is good. Uh, dude, it was great. It was fun. Uh, it was a whole thing. We got there on Wednesday. Which is good when you travel that far. It's nice to be able to. But dude, I've become pretty, like pretty solid at the land nap, and I'm completely ready to rip. Are you for real? Yeah. Goodness. I land. I take a two hour nap, and I am a Hungarian when I wake up. Holy smokes! I know. I was. I was. Uh, it's a really. It's a thing that I've sort of like been working on. Can I ask uh, why our friend Brent decided to get married in Hungary? Yes, because his his now bride, Ange, uh, is Hungarian. 
She's from Hungary originally. She through and through. I mean, her migrated. parents are. Oh, she was. She was born in. Does Hungary. she have an accent? No, but she speaks Hungarian. Cool. And Hungarian is one of the most kind of baffling languages that exists. I've never. Well, I wouldn't know if I've heard it. I probably. It, it have. sort of sounds Scandinavian, uh-huh. but it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense uh, because of where it is, and nobody knows where it came from. And it's like a really old language too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. So that could be something worth looking into potentially. Ryan, by the way, a little research on Hungarian. Yep. Um, but dude, so I, I had a pretty busy weekend ahead of me. I, so we get there Wednesday and then there was a thing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. And I was giving a speech at the rehearsal dinner. And then I was also officiating. That is a lot. It's a lot. Um, and not only, so the speeches, there was three rounds of speeches. There was round one, which was like five speeches. Round two, which is like, I think there was nine total speeches. So let's say it was like four in the first round, four in the second round, and the third round was just me. I had my own round. At the rehearsal dinner? Yes. I had the fine, I was the final person. I went last. You were the keynote speaker. And, you know, as, as is expected of me, I'm supposed to have a pretty high level. And I do think that I achieved it. I think that uh no first of all brent unbeknownst to brent and i think that he he knows a little bit but part of my income my job is impersonating brent to a degree uh-huh. so in theory i should be able to give a very good yes. uh, speech yeah so i i put together a lot of good uh stories and jokes and whatever and i thought i did really well but then this thing started happening throughout the rest of the night so first let's backtrack a little bit this guy bruce gave a speech that was just a phenomenal speech it was hilarious uh-oh He's, he was younger than Brent. They used to call him Lil, Lil Bruce, I think. And he talked about that. And Brent ran this like landscaping company. He worked for Brent. Uh-huh. Like it was just this whole funny. So a lot of really funny things about like, you know, like how Brent was running a sweatshop, you know, underpaying <laughs> these kids, like whatever, blah, 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 blah. Really then, quick, by the way, yeah. uh, I, there's a Bruce in my life. I know that I, we, we don't really like very much. We call him Bruce. Bruce, that's funny. <laughs> All right, keep Bruce. going. Um, well, this Bruce is beloved, and he's actually a great guy. Um, and at the end of the speech, he's basically saying uh, how much he always looked up to Brent. And he's like, you know, I think if Lil Bruce could see now that he'd be up here giving a speech at, at Brent's rehearsal dinner, he'd think that's pretty cool. And it, it was just a fan- fantastic speech, right? Nice. So good. Nice. So I obviously give a very, very good speech as well. Now, I... I don't like when people start arbitrarily ranking me, but especially if you're not going to tell me, I don't want to be told where I rank at all because I think it sets a bad precedent, whether it's in comedy and I've been getting these DMs all week telling me where I am in people's, and especially when they're like, so this is my favorite person and then you. like, don't Just don't tell me that. And also, who tasked you with the ranking system of a thing that's difficult to rank? We didn't run a race. Yeah, if I run a, the hundred and nine nine, and the other guy runs it in ten point one, I win. This is not that. Uh-huh. So anyway, people started coming up to me throughout the night, telling me that I was my speech was the second best. Julio hates this stuff. Hates I it. don't like this. Why are you telling me that, dude? I am not. You think that I need to know that I wasn't the best because I assumed that I was? I didn't assume anything. I was just praying to God that I was able to say the thing I had thought of and that people liked it. The wedding speeches are not a a time that someone needs to be humbled. Exactly. You did not not ask to do this. You're not getting paid, and it's not a contest. Dude, I was was 
preparing these various speeches throughout the entire weekend, and I just was hoping it went all right. People really came up to you and said that yours was second best? Multiple people. Wow, that is weird. It's cra- and people were drunk and shit, but it, it was just kind of like, dude, can we not? Like, mm-hmm. can we just have a good night? What, first of all, second best is pretty good. Yeah, how did you respond when people said that? I was like, oh, I know, I know. There's some good ones. I, dude, what the fuck am I supposed to say? That's pretty good. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, gl- I'm impressed that you did not lose it. Just like get all mad and shit. You saved, the, you saved your fury for the podcast. It's pretty good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, there's no fury per se, but dude, so there was that. It was fine. Then for the actual wedding ceremony, dude, I had like a headset. I looked like I was given a TED talk. <laughs> I, had a, I had a headset. It was crazy. And did everyone put the headset on for their speeches? No, dude. This is I, as I this is as I officiated the wedding oh, ceremony. Oh, right. Which was in like a castle, dude. It was sick. Um, but dude, I now I'm officiating this wedding and I'm not a professional, dude. You know no, what I mean? No. I'm not a professional wedding officiant. So we were kind of we had walked through all the different steps and <laughs> I came up with what I thought was a nice little thing. It actually was Hill Dog's idea. I was trying to think of what to do and she's kind of suggested, by the way. I told this story on the altar and I said this and it was amazing because I've been telling you guys this too. I was like, you know, when I was talking to my life partner, Hillary, (laughs) I said it in the middle of the the wedding, dude. (laughs) And I look over her and she's going, she's like, (laughs) she kind of throws her arms up, but then realizes she can't react because it's the middle of the wedding. So then she kind of immediately, yeah. uh, So then, you know, uh, Brent had kind of prepared his vows. Uh, Ange had prepared her vows. They're doing their vows. But then Brent was also going to do the traditional vows. So then it becomes, then we sort of hadn't rehearsed this. So now I'm like, okay, now I'm like feeding Brent the vows. But she had already done a more specific version of her vows. So I was like, oh, I guess I don't have to read it. You know what I mean? I just got, I, it, was, it was not easy, dude. Wait a second. Hold on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. So they each did their vows they had prepared for each other, which were... Ange, I promise no, to do this. No. So he didn't do that. He gave his little thing that he was going to said, but then he didn't say like, I'm going to do this and the, this sickness and health thing. But he had, he wanted to do that. Whereas she had prepared her own. But then I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, I didn't even talk to her. If she, so there was just stuff like that. There was he, sort of, are, wait, are you telling me, did one of them just go ahead and read off? I take you Brent. No, 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 no. They both did their own original ones, but then he wanted to do the sort of like traditional OG. And vows. they hadn't talked about that with you beforehand? We we kind of did, but there was a mil- like they were dealing with a million things and we had kind of like been trying to make time over the weeks and uh it 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 became clear to me that it was like up to me to set the tone on like what was going to happen next, but I kind of like realized that at the moment. So like I just hope they were happy with it. I hope they were happy with me. Sure they were. Um, We had a couple good lines in there. Um, I wasn't, you know, trying to be funny up there, just trying to, like, get it done and not fuck things up. Uh Uh, And it was a relief when I finished and the the building didn't burn down. And, you know, my I was relieved of my duties. You did it, man. I did it. You did it. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you happy? Yeah. I don't know. You know, it was nice to be a part of it. I think... I think uh, that because I've officiated wedding a wedding before and I've given tons of speeches at weddings, and I think that we always 
over amplify the importance of what we're saying and and over you know want to want to really crush it and deliver it part of it that is what we're comedians we're used to performing we you know we know how well we do and we put a lot of stock into that but the other part of it is you forget that to the the couple that's getting married they are facing i mean it is just an absolute yard sale of speeches and events and handshaking and toasts right. and make sure everybody feels seen go here now go here no go here your speech your officiating was never going to make or break the wedding right and right. it was frankly probably not even going to register that high on their day right you know what i mean because it all blurs together it, i hope no i know and i'm sure I, they I, my are. speech was fine like i can give a speech like it, you know it, and i the speech i did a good job i think like Whatever it was, at least good. It was at least very high level. I I, think. I would have total faith that you did great. It's it's just one of those things though where we we feel like it's so much more focused on and remembered than it probably actually is. Yeah, no, totally. And nobody, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, it was fine. Like she, the other thing too. So she had chosen to have her ring on already, mm. whereas she was going to put his on him, which again was just like. Something that is never that doesn't happen often, so no. it just became confusing for me. It, it was fine; it all went fine, and I agree with what you're saying. I think that it's uh, probably not a big deal. I will say this: great group at the wedding. One of those weddings where there's multiple groups of people who you know. For me, huh. I know his friends from Michigan. I know our friends from the city. I know uh, some. There's some college friends there too, um, and just like a big gathering of people who are who kind of like. Don't hang out or talk enough mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and all there in the same city, just having a good time. How have I not met this guy still? I did you not? I think you guys just missed each other at my birthday, and then that during during COVID, he's been bopping around because they bought an apartment and they're renovating it. And they're not here, and then mm-hmm. like this whole you know the whole thing. So I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll meet them. Um, but dude, so there's some good stuff that happened. We went to this uh, museum. Uh, and this museum, it's like a terror museum. It's a, it's uh, it's about like the era where the sort of like, you know, the the Torture. the secret police whatever situation where like they're kind of purging people opposed to the government era, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and like a lot of people got tortured and killed for no reason, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and <laughs> something really funny happened. So they have this like experiential angle to it that's really interesting mm-hmm. and kind of fun. Sounds a lot like the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. <laughs> it's it's okay. So you're in this area, right? <laughs> you're in this area where uh, they're t- t- teaching you about all this shit. It's super cool, whatever. And then there's an elevator at the end, and you think that the tour is over. Uh, and all of a sudden, the elevator starts moving really slow. And all of a sudden, you hear this music start playing. It goes, vroom, dum, vroom, dum. like it's really scary. And then, like a TV kind of flickers on, and then this guy starts describing all of this like torture and what they would do in this building. Oh gosh! As the elevator slowly descends, and you don't know where you're going. And I just will never forget looking over to Hillary and being like, "I don't like this at all." Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She's just having like some, you know, and then when you finally end up in the basement and the elevator doors open, you're in the place where all the like torture was, what would actually happen. Right. And preserved in the original way, which was like cool. Dude. Wow. You know, you a, saw the, the, 
machines and the racks and things yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And like the tools and the Ugh. rooms and it was just pretty, uh, pretty cool. And I know maybe that's fucked up to say it's pretty cool, but it's important to remember these horrible things so that they don't, you know, repeat themselves. Yeah. I know it's a cliche, but it is for a reason. Okay, here's a question. Of all the torture things you saw, what is the thing that if they had used it against you would have caused you the most pain or fear? In this particular place? Let's say, yeah. Uh, I don't really know, dude. Okay, so one thing they said, there was this black car, and that was symbolic with... uh when they would come get you and when they were at your door they would ring the doorbell a ton of times or they would just hold it for a really long time and that meant that you were it was your time that would have scared me more than the actual to being tortured part hmm. knowing that my time had come to be tortured oh gosh i know all right well then let's ask more broadly you know if you were being tortured are you someone who and, and obviously we don't know but would it you be the least happy if someone were smashing your fingers with a hammer or pulling your toenails out with some clippers or uh that the toenail one isn't great waterboarding uh, you pulling teeth out is bad do they th do that yeah i think pull i think i'd prefer i'll bite my words maybe one day but i preferred maybe be waterboarded than to have my teeth pulled out with mm. uh, with pliers mm -hmm. uh having your toenails ripped off ripped out because apparently my podiatrist told me I have some toenail problems. The toenail actually goes pretty far into your toe. Oh, gosh. So to pull it out is like one of the most painful things a human being can experience. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry, pretty everybody. Bad. Pretty bad. Um, I saw this one fucked up thing one time at a concentration camp where there were these really steep stairs. And did I talk about this before? You'd walk up the stairs with a, with a backpack of rocks. And then when you got to that, they would kick you down until you died eventually. Uh, which is pretty fucked up. That's like a that's pretty really bad. That's like a super fucked up way to die. Um, you know, torture's fucked up, dude. I was saying though, like if anybody began to do any of this, like to me, bro, I'd be singing like a bird. Yep. Immediately singing like a bird. The Agreed. fact that like people will hold out for seven days and then end up confessing that just seems like so shitty to me. I know, but I get it, dude. You know, I couldn't endure that much pain. No, no, I could not. Uh, I, you know. I'd I'd honestly not only would I give them their info I'd, as I I think I've said before I'd probably try to become friends with them. <laughs> you have to butter them up. What do you do in that situation? You got to find a way to get out of there. So if that means you know, charm your captors and fake a little Stockholm syndrome to try to find your way out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like "Ooh, that's pretty and also it's our podcast and you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize so you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Okay, well, keep going. So, dude, I got Hill. I got Hill pretty good later in the day, though, because of this. So we had done this whole thing, and we had a great time. It was it was lovely. Uh, we ended up getting caught in a couple of torrential downpours with our our pal Hans, who I've been mm. talking about a lot lately. Yeah, you've mentioned him, but you've never told me who he is or how you met him. Hans and I played tennis together on the tennis team. 
Okay. He's one of those guys that's just pretty much value add across the board. Like he never takes away from a situation. He's always great. He gets along with everybody. He's just Love a great that. guy. Everybody loves this guy. Um, so Hans is hanging with us and later in the day, Hillary had taken a nap and I had like, I was like gallivanting or whatever. So when I came back, I rang the doorbell and I went, like, I just, I don't, I wanted to make it sound like I was a room service person. Fun. <laughs> and usually when I do that, she knows it's me already. She'll go, honey. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it's me. Uh, but in this situation, she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Um, one second. And then I rang the doorbell because there was an actual doorbell. And she goes, I'm sorry, one second. And then I rang it a couple times. And then I just started ringing it really fast. <laughs> and then I opened the door and came in. And the look on her face was like, oh, they've come for me. <laughs> I was like, oh. Got her. Got her. Yeah, You just nice. got to be looking for an opportunity to get her. Dude. Nice. Um, so much cool shit. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been to Budapest. Uh, I don't know that they have... It's one of those places that people who studied abroad randomly have all been. <sighs> it's the most, okay, I find that it's one of the most random places, that in Thailand, that a lot of people that I know have randomly been to. Yeah. That are just not like. I've been to neither and I've traveled a lot. Uh, tell me about it a little bit. Beautiful, you know what I mean? Like Central European city, right on the Danube. Uh, just, be, you know, beautiful. Like, like. Good Good dining, good nightlife, beautiful people. The food's pretty good. It's like pretty dense. How do the uh, people look? You know, Central European. They kind of look, but yeah, people are cool, good looking, whatever. Good nightlife. Apparently, we didn't go really to any of the places, but somebody that we knew went to like the club that was across the street from the hotel we stayed at, which was a really sick hotel. Um, but there was like a thousand people at this club on like a Thursday. Oh, I don't like those clubs. I don't either. Uh, but there's some cool bars, blah, 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 whatever. We went to. They're very famous for their like bathhouses, which obviously that's your speed. I had to hit it. Yeah, I had to hit it hard. Uh, mineral baths were the mineral water. Apparently, like some fact, like Hungary is the closest to the like center of the earth or something. Like the 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 crust of, along Hungary is the thinnest in the world. Wow. Uh, so this mineral water is supposed to be great. They kind of like pipe it down from the mountains or whatever. Okay. Uh, and there's all these cool natural hot spring baths, whatever. Uh, and there's just, all, I always love seeing the way they set a place like that up. Like they had a sauna that was like a three tiered sauna. So each sauna was hotter than the other, but you could only access the next sauna from the previous sauna. Oh God! You couldn't just go into sauna number three without having first going into sauna number one. Work your way up. And the beauty of a place like this dude is like, you really have to pay attention to all the twists and turns or you might miss an activity, mm. especially because things are kind of like marked a little differently. And there were many different ways to get to the same places. Hmm. which had added an interesting element. That is cool. And, okay, so you're if you're facing in one direction at one one part of the place, to the left are two thermal baths. One is 40 degrees Celsius. The other one's 36 degrees. The same exact thing with a mirror layout is on the other side. They both have steam rooms. The steam rooms are completely different. Doesn't say that anywhere. <laughs> this is why you gotta look dude gotta look gotta look in all the different corners is your thought that if you go to a spa you have to try everything yes uh-huh and, and, or at you... least see how they've done it uh-huh because no place there's there's very rarely just like a duplicate scenario right which i find so fun right yeah, <laughs> yeah okay and even in the, the spa in the hotel was great and actually i think brent may be the guy who his who originally turned me on to it 
Uh, and I remember they were giving me a tour. I like I went to the spa, and they're like, "We'll show you the pool." Mm-hmm. And we go up there, and it was like something out of a movie because I, as they walk up to show me the pool, they go, "Ah, oh, there's Mister Barnhart now," <laughs> and he was he was wet. And he was walking, he's like, you got to jump in, the water's great. <laughs> dude, it was like, it was just such a funny uh, situation. But dude, great to see my boy get married. Uh, great to be part of it. Really fun. How much does a hotel in Hungary run you? So I think they had like a block. Yeah. I think we see the Four Seasons. Which, oh, God. Yeah, which uh, I imagine is very expensive for the normal rate. But the wedding rate was very competitive uh, and it wasn't too bad nice yeah that's um, fun that's a fun weekend you it, look forward to a weekend like it was that. great and like things it's cheap like an uber that would cost you 25 dollars here is like seven dollars yeah you know yeah which Fantastic. is nice uh yeah are they on the euro what are they what's no, their money the forint okay and in fact anybody who's intending to go to hungary you can sometimes choose to be charged in forints or euros and you'll get a better rate if you just get charged in forints mm and whatever your credit card will convert it well that's yeah true because the dollar is so strong right now yeah um well i don't but but like somehow the they they upcharge when they use euros no i know so what i'm saying is okay when your your bank account your money is in dollars Mm -hmm. and so for you to be charged in foreigns you're getting your exchange between foreigns and dollars yeah but you can choose to do it in euros or in i foreigns. know and if you went but to it's euros not, it's not equally con- the conversion isn't the same you'd be converting be. dollars to euros to foreign no the foreigns are out of, it can it's either euro to dollar or foreign to dollar and for some reason the foreign to dollar they chart the foreigns are a lesser amount of money compared to you mm. see what i'm saying a little bit yeah i have a vague idea it doesn't really matter i sort of get it it doesn't matter i have a sense Gee, I was wearing my Rule of Threads joggers the other day, and someone commented on them and said, hey, those are sick joggers. Can I get a pair? Really? And I said, you sure can. You yeah. go to ruleofthreads.com, and please use our promo code. This really happened. Really? You ever run into That's someone sick. on the street who comments on something dude, you're wearing? Sick. Yeah, And then happened. you give them... You tell you them get, They were like, why are you giving me a promo code? And I'm like, <laughs> why don't you listen to our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you... You don't want a discount, yeah. Mr. Cool Guy? Yeah, you're the one who asked me about my pants, you friggin' weirdo. <laughs> Total stranger weirdo. Uh, dude, they've also launched this really sick new tech jacket. Oh, I want look one at, of those. Look at this thing, dude. It's sick. It's actually really swag. Um, just clean, si- clean, simple, premium menswear basics. Mm-hmm. That's what Rule of Threads is all about. Any style or item that you've worn before and liked, you will be able to buy that exact same item in the future without having to worry or do some crazy, you know, wild goose chase to figure it out. Don't goose. T-shirts, polos, joggers, tech jackets. They got it all. It's the best. Go to ruleofthreads.com. Use promo code OOPS. You'll get 15% off. We think you're going to really love it. Um, A couple other things that are interesting. So there's a guy, there's some people at this wedding. There's one guy in particular who I really like. And... Yeah, a guy? He's a guy. Great guy. One of the guys? Very cool guy. This is a guy that we could bring into we the, could our bring circle him on of guys. National Guy Day? You would love this guy. Oh, you know, you've told me that before, and you're usually pretty good about knowing. This guy is like right guy. up your alley. Okay. He is great. Smart, successful, not pretentious. He's chill. Really quick, Ryan, I wonder where that saying, right up your alley, comes from. Because I've never met someone in an alley. <laughs> And thought, what a perfect place for us. So glad I met you here in this bonding alley. 
That's funny. Okay. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> anyway, I really like this guy, and I fear that the first couple of times I met him, I may have made a bad impression. So that makes me think you really liked him. Maybe, or it, it maybe it makes me think that maybe I underestimated him. Oh, okay. Like maybe at first I wasn't that concerned with how he felt about me. Oh. But now that I've grown to really like him a lot, I really want him. I really want his approval. So this guy in particular, every time I've seen him since, I've realized that. I have tried to be my best version of myself. Uh, you're, yeah, you're putting it on for him. I put it in. I, I just am like, I'm going to check every box of a good dude mm-hmm. who's chill and who people like, hopefully. And I've been, and I'm, and I'm wondering at what point I need to stop doing that. And if I have, I have erased the past that I fear I may have. Uh, Do you ever worry that you're going to overdo it? That you're overcooking it? Um, he's gonna get. He's gonna get wise to your performance for him. I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't know that he would be thinking like that. You don't think he turns to his lady at the end of a day of hanging out with you and say, "You know, I like Julio, but God, does he try too hard?" Interesting. So my thing is that I. I hope that the good guy that I'm putting on is the guy who actually does not try too hard. This is just such the guy I am trying to be. Is just such a good dude. He doesn't try too hard. He tries just the right amount. I'm trying so hard to do this. I, it may be impossible. Who knows? Who knows if I'm pulling it off? Yeah. You might be right. Maybe it is transparent. And maybe he's saying this to his girl after. I wonder. But uh, I think he'd probably just be like, if she was like, oh, isn't he a good guy? He'd probably be like, yeah. You think that's all he would say? This guy's so chill. Dude. Is he that cool? He's super cool. God damn, I do need to meet him. He's really fucking cool. <sighs> I wouldn't even be surprised if you guys like had mutual friends. Probably, You're probably similar age on range. him in an alley or something. You find him in your alley. Yeah. <laughs> not um, a lot to do, but we'd find something. So, dude, I yeah, I have been trying to whatever. So, I think I made made a good impression with him, and I want to just sort of raise my batting average from our first couple encounters to make sure that he, uh, you know, yeah. So that's good. That's cool. Yeah. And then you guys flew home on Sunday, dude. So we flew home on Sunday. So we had a we had bad flights. Mm. I think we had booked flights where like you had to pay a lot more to pick your seats. So we just kind of were like, we'll figure it out the day of and hope that it works out. Um, and it did not work out. So the flight there was was good. We sat together, and then on the short layover, the second flight we didn't, but that was fine because it was only like an hour. Yeah. The way back. So by the way, this is starting to annoy me. The arbitrary COVID rules for flights are annoying. On the way there, we flew on Swiss. No masks, no masks anywhere. No showing that you ha- didn't have COVID anywhere. No showing vaccine cards anywhere. It was amazing. Didn't wear a mask on the plane. Mm, mm. Fucking unbelievable, right? <laughs> yeah. On the way back, have to wear an N95. Lafonsa. Mm. I don't. And I'm like, guys, can we just like catch up? Like whatever's going, whatever. So anyway, it was that was annoying, and uh, we end up. This good Samaritan allowed me. I was sitting the row behind Hillary. That was the best we could get. And we convinced the guy in front of me to switch with me. Um, and then there wasn't a guy in front of me. So nobody reclined on me and I reclined on him, which was kind of fucked up. Oh, no. But dude, it's an eight hour flight. How am I not going to recline? Sorry, yeah, sure, dude. Like, hopefully sure. he doesn't give a shit. But Hill, we were both in middle seats. It was, we were in the middle four and we were both in the middle seats with people on either side. But you were next to each other. Yes. That's nice. Which was nice. But dude, hung over. And like after back to back to back nights of partying, dude, I, they must have shipped the entire supply of Kaza Azul to Budapest. 
there was 7,000 bottles of Kaza as well. What the I was hell? just sipping it straight from, like, sipping it, sipping it straight all weekend. Like a hummingbird from a flower. Dude, yeah. Dude, it was amazing. So anyway, I was feeling not great Sunday morning. Uh, we go and we have this huge flight and it was challenging. Mm-hmm. It was challenging. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, there were, no, there were no babies around. The guy next to me was a big man. He was big and wide and tall, but he was sweet as pie, dude. He knew he knew that he was, and he was really self-conscious about it. And he sat arms crossed the entire time. I felt bad for him. I wanted to put my arm around him and be like, dude, you go ahead. Take the Wow. Take the armrest. Ah, it's tough. You know? Yeah. I do feel bad. Listen Airplane to this. seats are just already too small. I know. Dude, it sucked. Yeah. But whatever. So dude, we discovered one of the great hacks. That is no longer relevant. So when I was there, I found a thing that was an at-home COVID test that passes for coming back into the country. Wow. It's a, it's a German service. You do it on your phone. You conduct the entire test without another person being there. And it's really brilliant. Like all you do is you write like a specific code they give you on the test so that you can't like duplicate the video. Okay. You film yourself taking the entire test. Oh, wow. Filming it? Yes. And then you hit done, and then a timer starts for 15 minutes. After that's over, you take a picture of the negative test, generates a certificate for you. You can come back into the country. That's incredible. Unfucking real. And you can use a Dwayne Reed test. One of those at Binax tests are are acceptable. Wow. So I'm here I am solving one of the most annoying problems that I have. (laughs) I'm not kidding you, dude. During minute seven of the countdown of me taking the picture of the test, I get a push notification that you no longer need a COVID test to come back to America. Oh my God. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Wow. (laughs) This just happened right then? It happened in the middle of the test. (laughs) Can you believe it? That's awesome. What a great, like, what a great discovery. And then to have it just not matter at all, it just hurts a lot. Yeah, but you still didn't have your result and you still risk a false positive. I don't need, I don't need any, te- I don't need a, if I'm positive, it doesn't matter no, I, at that point. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, at any point. What, what do you mean? The whole point of you taking the test was because I needed a certificate. All right. Did to- you already know that you were negative by the time you got that notification? No. So this is my point, right? You, you could have gotten a positive result. Yes. But because they said we no longer need a test. You still could have gone home. All right. I know. I know. So at the time of you getting the notification, you were not out of the woods yet. I, was, I, I wasn't I was feeling the like, oh my God, I'm getting tested. So I suddenly am paranoid that I have it. I was like, I, just, I don't have it. There's just always a chance. I know. You're right. But I didn't feel happy. I didn't. Feel, yeah. You know, I get you. Unfortunately. I get you. It was kind of beat. Dude, the dog days of summer are upon us, which you know what that means. I do know what it means. It means my boxers are sticking to my inner thigh. <laughs> Until? I start wearing my bird dogs, which I always do unless they're all dirty, which happens sometimes because I wear them so frequently. Dude, one of my favorite things, I've bumped into people on the street uh, who have been wearing their bird dogs, and they go, hey, Julio, and then they show me their bird dog. Cool. And the shorts have that little zipper that has the very yep. unique handle. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can immediately prove that it's bird dogs. I love that. Bird dogs are really kind of like, they're well disguised, which is part of the the like whole idea. Yeah. 
But there are little tells, and that's one of them. Bingo. Yeah, they've got some inner workings, some inner pockets, lots to explore and discover <laughs> with your pair of Bird Dogs shorts, which you should buy today yeah. at birddogs.com. And if you use promo code BANANA, you're going to get a steel chalice in which to place any sort of beverage that you might enjoy on a hot summer day at the beach. Totally. Uh, go get yourself one uh, today. Go get some shorts, get some pants, get some joggers. Uh, birddogs.com. Use promo code BANANA. We love you. Okay, dude, one thing I forgot to mention. The guy who was the MC of the speeches was one of the best roasters I've ever seen in my life. No way. Oh, my God, dude. He had so many good zingers. <laughs> that it was crazy. I like the sound and of that. None of them really like he got as close to the line as you possibly could get without crossing crossing mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. This idea that roasts are this pure thing where you can say anything, I don't personally like that that much. No. How is that fun? How is it fun to make fun of the worst thing that's ever happened to somebody in their life? Like how is that funny? Also, if you're talking about a a roast among comedians where it's sort of understood that you can just swing for the absolute fences and rip people's jugulars out. Uh, that's one thing, but to apply that same ferocity to a roast at a wedding. I mean, that's not, it's not going to go over well. Yeah, dude, this guy was amazing. Like I just, Mm. he had like, he didn't miss every single one of the things he said was like the best thing that, anybody else would have ever was said. it a lot of you look like no it was I'm a little tired of that it wasn't like it wasn't that at all dude it was good it was it was like matthew broussard level roasting oh wow it was like this guy could be a professional roaster uh-huh. Uh-huh. like i and uh so dude, i'm just it was it was incredible like the things that he had to say and the way that he like would double down on a joke like you knew that he thought of it on the fly yeah like he made fun of somebody and then came up and acted like he was going to apologize to them and then turned that into another insult. <laughs> like he was really good and I was really impressed. And I was hoping he wasn't going to come at me because I would have to reply. Right. Because uh, everyone knows you're a comedian. So yeah, I just have to be ready. Right. So I had, and in the bathroom, dude, this guy riled me up. He's like, Shram's coming for you. <laughs> like, he's like, are you ready? Tram? Shram is the name of the guy who was doing the roasting. Who told you that? This guy Tremaine told me that Shram was coming for me. I know okay. this guy Tremaine for a long time. Okay. And he, he was messing around, but he's like, he's, he's like, he's coming for you. You ready? You, you got something ready for uh-oh, it? You know? If he comes for you, you got to respond. Did you have anything? I ended up coming up with a few things that were like decent. Um, Did he come for you? No. Oh. Uh, which was nice. Yeah. So I didn't even have to go. Uh, so yeah, so that was good. Um, and then, dude, one or two like really funny encountering random people stories like where i was at the airport and just talking to this like i was like buying a red bull or a sandwich or something and she's like you want a sandwich i'm like yeah and she's like okay and uh the red bull and i'm like yeah yeah that too and she goes okay and then she's just like very monotone and then <laughs> puts down the credit card machine and i tap and i pay and i say thank you and she goes bye bye it's <laughs> like where the fuck did that come from <laughs> um that i enjoyed and then another thing this is like very specific so i have to pull up my notes but i was like i need to tell this on the podcast okay so there was an old man driving a car in front of our uber he was attempting to merge into traffic and he had stopped and it was dangerous because if you notice that he had stopped you would rear-end him so our cab driver noticed he fucking slams on the horn and he starts swearing at the guy he goes, oh, mother, cut up, but I'll like whatever 
And then he flips the guy old, flip, flips the guy off as we pass by him. And he goes, he old. And then he pretends, he goes like this. He goes, he like holds his body in a way as if he was a dead body in a coffin. Oh my God. And we were all like, oh God. And then he just didn't say anything. And then he just looks at, like, looks at me. I was in the front seat. He goes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like he knew he had completely overreacted. Oh, that's uh, funny. And it was very good, dude. Was Hungary, really was Hungary part of the Soviet Union? I don't think formally, but like they were, they were under like the sphere of influence. They were under the banner of the, the USSR. Um, I know that they had a communist government that was like a puppet regime, I believe. Yeah. Like during the fifties and stuff. But I don't think that it was formally part of the Soviet Union. It's amazing to think about That's all fine. the it's countries. It's part of the Habsburg Empire though. The Habsburg Empire. Like the Austro-Hungarian. Austro-Hungarian. I knew that. Situation. Yeah. Um, you know. World War One. Fairly significant place yeah. for sure. By the way, I'm reading a great book, which I highly recommend if anyone likes history. It's called uh, One Summer. And it's, I think it's called One Summer. It's by Bill Bryson. And it's about the summer of 1927 in America, which was a summer where so many amazing, crazy things happened mm-hmm. in America. You know, Charles Lindbergh mm-hmm. flew across the Atlantic Ocean first transatlantic flight making him the most famous person on earth instantly the mm-hmm. second his wheels touched down there were a lot of people vying for it i remember yeah we we talked about this okay we've done this no no but but not about Babe the book Ruth but sets we... the home run record cool. uh and all these things what else like what other stuff it's like pre the the crash yeah um calvin coolidge is president i didn't know much about his presidency mm-hmm um and he's a very strange guy but very well liked interesting he didn't talk at all he never talked he said nothing (laughs) and famously he was at a dinner a white house dinner and a young woman was sitting next to him and she said to him i bet my friend that i could make you say uh at least three words tonight at dinner and he said you lose That's good. Um, and he had succeeded uh, Warren Harding. Who, who died in office. Correct. Yeah. And people suspect his wife may have killed him. Really? Because she wouldn't allow them to do an autopsy on his body. Interesting. And he sort of just dropped dead and was never really found out why. But That was part of that 20-year curse. The curse that they put on uh, whoever started it. Whoever that curse was started. It was started under uh, William Henry Harrison, I think. Is that right? Where a lot of all the presidents Every died? 20 years, whoever, whatever oh, president was in office was. died in office. Uh, up until Ronald Reagan. Wow. Who survived being shot. Correct. And they say broke the curse. Wow. I know. Well, um, so Harding, you know, died before all of his scandals came out. What did he do? Well, first of all, he had, I mean, Teapot Dome, which, you know, wasn't him, but it was his one of his what was that again uh one of his people in his cabinet i can't remember who exactly was selling uh sort of bribes it was bribing he was getting bribed and he was selling i think oil licenses or something for four hundred thousand dollars a pop classic um but all of that came out after harding had died during coolidge's presidency and um he also had a, an illegitimate daughter with his mistress. Warren Harding? Who he was hooking up with in a broom closet in the White House. Oh, man. So scandalous. Yeah. 
Um, so scandalous. So all of that happened. But then what else? There was a crazy flood in Mississippi. The Mississippi River flooded. And, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres were just underwater. Houses mm. swept away. And the person that was in charge of um, sort of mitigating that disaster was Herbert Hoover, mm-hmm. who was the secretary of something under Calvin Coolidge. And it was him doing such a good job of, of, of solving this humanitarian crisis that propelled him to his presidency. Is that where the term Hooverville came from? Or no, that was a great Hoover, Hoovervilles were these shanty towns ah, that were set up for people during the Great Depression, depression mm-hmm. but they were terrible. Uh, yeah. It was really in, in, inhumane and sort of bad living conditions. They were like tent villages for people that couldn't live anymore. And they were, I think a lot of them were set up like on the on the Washington lawn, not far from the White House and, you know, right there in D.C. And, and you know, just really yeah, horrible situation. There was no no sewage and or no, no uh, plumbing, none of that stuff. Anyway. Um, but 1927, yeah, amazing. And and one of the reasons I bring this up, what did, what were you just talking about? We were talking about Budapest. I don't know. Did I say anything? Hooverville, 1927, book recommendation. Oh, the Austro-Hungarian oh, Hungarian Empire. Um, and World War One, mm. and sort of obviously. So this was post World War One, but I never, you know, we focus so much on World War Two in history. I think partly because it was, I don't know, just so much crazier and and more recent. But you know, I never really did that much reading about why America got involved mm-hmm. in World War One, and so much of it was the sinking of the Lusitania, yeah, which was the ship that was carrying civilians mm-hmm. um, off the coast of Ireland, and they were torpedoed, I think, by a German sub. And 1,200 people were killed, like 128 of which were Americans, I think. And um, then Germany, (laughs) like, doubled and tripled and quadrupled down and was basically like, fuck those people. They got what they deserved. (laughs) And this just pissed off Americans to the degree that um, any German business... In America, had bricks thrown through the window. Mm. Some German people were like strung up and hanged oh my God. in the streets. I mean, there was real anti-German sentiment. And I, I read all of this, and I always come back to this question, which I know I've asked you before, but it is this, which is, you know, as we read about these, uh, the growing kind of war uh, in, in Ukraine... Um, and sort of the international involvement, sort of uh, standing at the line, but offering arms, and Russia saying, well, that's an act of war if you're aiding Ukraine. You know, do you think that in our lives we will ever face a situation where... There's like a great war again? American young men and women are enlisting in droves to aid the war effort because they believe so firmly in the cause where maybe we would sign up from where we are today. Maybe we're, we would just be too old. I don't probably, know. Yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah, it's what hard, would it's it hard take, to say. What would it take? Afghan, the original Afghanistan situation was a pub was like a, 
supported cause. It was. You know. But since then there I can't really think of a What would it take for you to believe tomorrow so much in a war that we had gotten involved in that you would drop whatever you were doing and fight in the, in the way that like Ted Williams left the Boston Red Sox in the middle of his career to join the war. Yeah, yeah. What would it take Dude, like, for you to do that? Someone would have to be like invading New York City. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that 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 would have it would have to be something like that. So nothing abroad probably. I just make I maybe. And I, I I probably agree by the way. I'm not, I don't I'm I not, don't know. Like that's if you asking me that now knowing what I know about myself and having not had my, you know, emotions triggered by anything in particular to me. Yeah. That's probably how you'd get me to suit up, you know? Right. If there were, if there was war in the streets outside our door, outside of our door. And it was something that, you know, and, and our, and even, you know, our freedom was at risk or whatever. Like, you know, if it was really at risk, not this fucking freedom bullshit. Right. Right. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, dude, like in that situation or yeah, like going elsewhere to fight. I'm not really sure, but maybe I, I just don't, I don't really know. I wonder, but I wonder. Yeah, I mean, you know, they always call the 90s sort of like the post history like era because you now the, the great rival we was over. We were this unrivaled force and how could history possibly evolve? It obviously has. So you just the I think moral of the story is you never know when the next conflict is around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I hope not. I hope it never gets becomes this like shooting of Franz Ferdinand. Right, seventy nine countries are suddenly fighting each other or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've we've attempted to put things in place to prevent that. Who knows how effective they'll be? History seems to repeat itself. <laughs> Ryan, I spouted a whole lot of facts. I just worry that I might have been off on some of them. But this is why we got Tony Reale in the booth. But dude. we'll save it. Yeah, we'll save it for the end of the episode. <laughs> Um, I, what if tomorrow Russia expanded their target and started attacking for whatever reason, France, dude, they're just really stumbling to like take over a, you know, much lesser equipped, but passionate foe. It is a very consistent through line in their history. They're bumbling of things. Like the, how how can this nation that is so great in so many ways be so inept in others? And to me, they're just like not that scary or intimidating. They they can't even fucking take over Ukraine, dude. But they've got nuclear weapons. I know, but like they don't like using them just doesn't help. Like it just fucks them more. You know what I mean? Like I get fine. You use nuclear weapons, then they're gonna use them on them. Blah blah blah. I get that there's this like scary apocalyptic potential outcome. But it just seems like super unlikely and not worth it for them to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the? And I understand that like the guy running the country is a little unhinged, but still, like, I, I, it doesn't seem to be this like daunting, fearful situation to me. I'm not afraid that I'm going to wake up to France has been bombed by a nuclear Russian missile. Yeah, you know, right. I just wonder, you know, I think I look at our current financial reality with uh, rampant inflation and uh, consumer price index rising, all this stuff, uh, and I don't know, There, there's a, there's a thin parallel there for me between 
what <sighs> Russia know, invading I just, Ukraine. I don't know. Russia. Like the late, you know, 1929 into the 30s, the Great Depression, which, you know, we kind of were able to get out of by, in many ways, joining World War II. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, I was creating. Uh, the, the war was what gave everyone jobs mm-hmm. again and, and, and jump-started the economy in, in many ways. Um, well, they put a lot of, like, good institutions in place, too, to, like, you know, make it less likely for some crazy financial collapse to happen. And nothing like that has ever really come close to happening again, which is good. Yeah. God, imagine if by the time this episode came out, if the economy was like... Oh my God, yeah. Had the stock market had fallen 60% and... Uh, <laughs> well, but that, but that wouldn't France be... France had been nuked. Yeah, if France has been nuked, that uh, would be crazy. We'd be, we'd be like, maybe we might need to cut that. And <laughs> we need to record this episode again. Um... Yeah, dude, but I guess we'll see, you know, I, I don't, I, yeah. I, you know, I know that these have been things that have been concerning you for a while. Uh, Am I, what, what, what would you tell me by way of getting me to stop thinking along these lines? I don't know. Like you're a guy who like needs to learn things on his own. I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the same thing a million times and it doesn't matter if you're not, if it's not like hitting you directly, it's just not well, going to try Try to. Get I have been, dude. I've been trying for out. months. I've been trying for months <laughs> to get you to stop worrying about Does Russia. Does it bother you? N- that it doesn't sink in? Or that I'm still worrying? It and it doesn't bother me that it doesn't sink in because whatever I'm saying is not like proven. You know what I mean? And like, obviously inflation is fucking up the stock market and stuff. But like, to me, that's not that catastrophic. Like, I don't intend to take the money out that I have invested. So like, it'll bounce back like it always does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why. And I've said that to you before. Um, you know, dude, the market stuff is cyclical. Inflation happens. Like it's not the end of the world. You know, you'll be fine. I don't, I think you'll be able to progress in the next stage of your life without a problem. Despite inflation, that may not be true. We'll see. I really, truly believe the Russia thing is not worth worrying about. I Mm. really, truly believe that. And, you know, again, famous last words, (laughs) knocking on wood as we speak, but I, I think, and you know, I guess, what do I know? But, but dude, like, it's true. Like, look what's happening in Ukraine. Like, it's just not going that well for them. It should be easy mm-hmm. for it. In theory, it should be easy for them to handle that situation. And they are completely fumbling it. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh-huh. And also there's history there. They, they like Ukraine is like part of this, like Russian history. They're yeah. not trying to take over the world. You know what I mean? Well, listen, man, that's exactly what we said when Hitler okay, fine. went into the, Whatever it's called, Sudetenland. Sudetenland, yeah. But th- that's like you know, I, I'm, there's not that a, mu- a bunch of other examples like recently besides that one. And agreed, that's a good one. But like in the the argument that it makes sense that why Ukraine has value to Russia and to a, this historian Putin makes so much sense to me that this idea that Russia is going to somehow go from not being able to handle Eastern Ukraine to being able to take over Western Europe, it seems crazy. Yeah, you know. God, I'm a little drowsy today, man. And I'm sorry about that. Happens, bro. I, you know what I really need? I could really go for a little Brooklyn roasting, oops, beans, just one shot of espresso. I think would really would do it for you. Yeah, that would get me there. How long have you been doing three? Uh, a long time. Yeah. And it's because I like the taste of it. And you haven't had, has that like been a thing that you've, are you going to move up to four at some point? No, I, I'm so, um, I'm so disciplined about my caffeine intake that 
if I'm tired, I, it's not because I need haven't had enough caffeine or I'm too used to it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I just like the taste of three shots. I don't, I think that's not too much. Uh, if I just have that one cup of coffee a day, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot of coffee, but uh, it's so delicious that I can't resist it. Dude, it's great. I'm all for it. I think drink as much of that as you can. Hell yeah. Uh, the Oops Beans are delicious. Brooklyn Roasting Company is the best. It's the coolest coffee company that exists. Yeah. We feel like it is a huge flex that they are one of our sponsors. Yeah. And we still feel that way. That's how much of a flex it is we hope, that the novelty has not come close to wearing off. We hope they'll never end their partnership with us. And the only way to ensure that that doesn't happen is by having you guys buy our coffee. We need you to keep the heartbeat alive. Yes. And we hope you will because you'll enjoy it. This is not just a, a plea, a cry for help. We want you to go to brooklynroasting.com, find our Oops Beans, try some of their other coffees. They're excellent. They're amazing. Uh, and use promo code Oops Beans. Mm-hmm. 5% off your order. Yep. Uh, ships, uh, you know, ship right to your doorstep. They ship to Canada too. Yeah. Uh, brooklynroasting.com, promo code Oops Beans, 5% off. Try some. You're going to really enjoy it. Let me ask you something. Here's a really ignorant, dumb question. But why don't we just send Delta Force in through the cover of darkness to wherever Putin is and kill him? I don't think that that's that easy to do. Is he sitting, eating dinner behind 58 guys? Well, I like how would they get close enough to begin with? Like it would okay, be Okay, drone you, strike where he is, his yeah, palace. But, I don't But I think you can see the drone. Like I think they'd know You see the drone? No, like I th- I don't think that I think the drones and stuff, I think it's you can detect all that kind of stuff. And first, but if you were to do that, now now you're actually like starting war. Like we don't do that. Like you know what I mean? You don't just go kill the fucking we leader. did do we that do, we Trump do. did that where he killed the head of the iranian guy iranian guy we do that agreed but like that would be just such an aggressive move is my answer to that like there's no need to do that do we not think that listen i realize we're at we're getting we're wading into major major sort of geopolitical ramifications here where neither of us are experts i would say you you're actually probably way more much more informed than i am i'm Learning a lot from you here, which is I good. don't think we're experts either, but I, I, it seems as if that would be a more difficult thing to do than it. Would that not? Like. Would that create some sort of power vacuum where the next guy would then come up and pick up the mantle of Putin and carry on even potentially in a more aggressive maybe way? Maybe not, honestly, or a retaliatory way. Because you know, obviously, we get our news through yeah. the prism of you know America, whether we like it or not. There, it's been propagandized a little bit, probably. Right. And not to be this guy who says this, but that's why I don't really watch I don't really watch right. the news like that. But it's interesting to experience it now because I remember I remember reading AP US history like news briefings, uh, where it would be like a, a you know, for the the DQE, the document based DBQ, the DBQ and the AP US history test. And you'd get like a document that was like it would be a news clipping from a, a war update in World War II that was like, our boys are are holding the line. And they're always, people are watching in movie theaters. Yeah, and it would be so rah, rah. And you're like, what the fuck? That's not, I can't believe a newspaper wrote like that and, you know, said those things in that way. That's not the way I see newspapers anymore. And yet today, if you look closely enough and read between the lines, all these articles that are talking about how 
uh, Russia's bumbling and fumbling. And, you know, I'm sure there's truth to that, too. But in Russia, the newspapers are like, we're fucking crushing it in Ukraine right now. And the all the people in Ukraine want to be liberated. And it's only a tiny... But not everybody thinks that there. No, for sure. Yeah. But again, I just think that the truth might be in the middle somewhere. I Dude... I don't. I really don't think that the truth is that in the middle. Like it's very clearly like documented how poorly they're doing with this undertaking. Fine. And granted, maybe it's the, their little like path that they're trying to make to to the Crimean Peninsula or whatever is like fine. Just going okay, but they were attempting to take over Kiev and completely fucked it up. You're right. And this is. I'm not even just talking from the lens of American news. Again, not to be annoying. Like the BBC covers it really well. Worth watching there to like get the yeah, updates and stuff that's all the rest the western world though right fine but it's not as like america versus russia it's a much more like fine i guess my my point is that it's interesting for me as an adult to see news briefings about the uh the current times where i'm for the first time oh, i can't say the first time but i'm i'm recognizing oh this is today's version of what it was like to sort of use news to uh, encourage people about a scary situation abroad. A little, to, to, to uh, yeah, some yeah. degree. Okay, fine. To uh, some degree, because you read these things about like, oh, the Russian generals are, they don't believe in the cause, they're defecting, and you know, that gets a front page news thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like, but, but whereas... You know, and, and I see, I know you're what you mean. Like, of course, that element is. I there. think it's kind of cool, by I, the way. I, agreed. The, the like trying to get Americans on board to get involved in the World War II. Like, we're not, how involved could we really get in this? You know what I mean? Like, I guess, unfortunately, yeah, to your point, there's a scenario where obviously we could be, but like, giving them arms this is like pretty standard shit right now. Giving them arms, whatever. They're negotiating, they'll figure it out. Maybe they'll give them a little bit of land, whatever. I don't know. I mean, dude, if 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 an American convoy of trucks that were bringing in, you know, anti-tank rocket launchers got shelled by a Russian helicopter, but wouldn't that have to happen? That would have bets to are happen. Off. But that Wrong? would have to happen on other on other countries' sovereign territory. Sure, but but the, then fine. Ten miles from the Ukraine right. border, border skirmishes happen, and people kind of like let it go. Sometimes I think there's scenarios where it wouldn't lead to all-out nuclear destruction. Yeah, I you know since we're discussing, is there no part of you that wants to go over there and start fucking shit up? Zero. Yeah. Why? For what reason? Like what? Just because the fact that like Putin because is so annoying. because throughout our history. We are a country that has gone from you could trace our you could trace our American story through war. You're right, right, right. True. Revolution, you know, sp fucking Spanish American War, uh, War of eighteen twelve, War of eighteen twelve, <laughs> Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam. Af, you know iraq afghanistan mm -hmm. cold war iraq afghanistan etc we're never not in war we're just it, it, it's right. never that long in between wars right, right, right. Oh, you know in the grand tale of america mm -hmm. so wait but what and the, and, the and, you, and you and we we speak of the 
you know, fighting in war is always a part of the biographies of our great figures of history. Okay, but but so that the this legacy of war makes you want to go to Russia. I just wonder, you know, I just wonder if that's a huge missing piece in my life. Fighting in a war. And I, listen, I know how vainglorious this is to speak this way. Uh, and I don't assume that I would fare well in war at all. In fact, I think it would wreak havoc on me. I mean, I can barely sleep through the night like yeah. because there's not enough ambient noise or it's not dark enough in the room or the air conditioning's not high enough. So God help me if I had to deal with PTSD or sleeping in a dude, even losing friends. Bro, God forbid you had to sleep in a tent. God forbid I had to eat an in, MRE. In, in nature. Yeah, you know, dude, no, yeah. No, you're telling me I have to have an MRE instead of sweet green for breakfast, for lunch? <laughs> There's, this, this lettuce isn't fucking organic? Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I don't think you'd fare too well. No, I don't. But I do wonder, you know, I mean, w- things haven't changed that much. In what? You being in war? Just. Or in the world? Humans. Yeah. Being susceptible to being drawn into war. Mm-hmm. I know, it's a bummer. And I wonder if we're close, and if we were, you know, would I be a coward for not joining? Do you really wonder if we're close? Like, you think the possibility of a, us deploying troops to Eastern Europe seems like something that is likely to happen? Or, like, it, like, it stresses you out, it seems like. I think we are already probably marshalling in some way like preparing i think there's something happening where we're closer to being you know to sending people than 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 we might think the training is i my guess is the training has changed this is coming from a place of total assumption i have no inside sources i'm speaking only off my own idea but i and that that alone should be reason to not let this keep you up at night I, you may be right, but like the fact that what you just said is proof in the proof that this is not something worth worrying about. If you are, you may not be worrying. There's about no it. part of you want generations hence to speak of us. We just had in it. Hallowed though. terms. We just have it with COVID. <laughs> we just had. They're it. not going to give us that. Yeah, I know, but they should because it was fucked up. Like like that. They're not going to say, boy, these were noble people. This was our greatest generation. But that was like that crazy moment where life was completely flipped upside down. Yeah, when we never thought it could unfortunately, be Unfortunately, the footnote of that will be, well, within days, half the country was calling it fake. No, the footnote of that will be. Resisting vaccines and refusing to wear masks and do, you know. The, the, the footnote will be Julio, like he famously did with the Russian invasion. Also... <laughs> made assumptions that COVID would not be disruptive in life. <laughs> he is oh for many. Yeah, that's going to age poorly. <laughs> You're a goof. My COVID goof, uh, I, I don't know if for, for any of you guys who don't remember, I'll remind you, I made the prediction that COVID would not be disruptive. I was very wrong about that. Gee, my morning starts with a bowl of magic spoon, and it is truly the way that uh, things start going the right way for me. That's good. If I don't have Magic Spoon in the morning because I'm on the road or something and I haven't brought any with me. because you're in the middle of war. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the biggest reason why I couldn't go to war. Because <laughs> uh, they don't have Magic They're Spoon. They're not going to have Magic Spoon in for Ukraine. me. In Ukraine? No. 
Uh, but if I'm if I'm here and I've got my routine and I want things to go the right way, I have Magic Spoon in the morning. And the last piece of cereal is always a sad moment. There's also a weird sense of achievement and relief that comes with it. Yeah. Because I know, okay, now I'm equipped to tackle my day with the balanced energy and the healthy stomach that I need to get through anything. Of a delicious cereal that has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Note the honey nut flavor does have one gram of sugar. It's got one gram, all right. Francis, only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. You can build your very own box. The nine available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, cookies and cream, maple waffle, blueberry muffin, cinnamon roll, and honey nut. Even more exciting, Magic Spoon has brought back their cereal bars. They were so popular that they brought them back permanently. Perfectly convenient on-the-go companion for your cereal. So go to magicspoon.com slash oops, grab a custom bundle of cereal, and be sure to use our promo code oops at checkout to save $5 off of your order. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash oops. Use the code oops, $5 off. And you'll get your delicious cereal. Good, now go. Here's the other question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, it, let's say that we did have a call to arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one thing that would be interesting is that this would probably be the the most, call it co-ed war, ever in our history. For us? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. There are probably more women in the military now than at any other point. Would be my guess, right? Sending women to the front line, true, you know, mm-hmm. GIs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you're 25, 26. Chris, you're 25. You guys are 26. in peak enlisting. You guys are in the sweet spot. Would you enlist? You're. Chris said he's he's his pretty, weight might be an issue. Yeah. No. Do you really believe that? Yeah, I think you could fight, dude. I think you'd be good. Bro. Oh, I could, I could, but I feel like they'd be like, well, if they like were really running out of people, they'd take me. But yeah, but you could do other, be. dude. You could do other stuff. Like you don't have to be like. I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I think you'd be fit enough to do any of the I things. I do too. But I think that there are, are other tasks you could do if they if they deemed you not. So you're enough. asking, would I? Well, yeah. you wouldn't have a choice, probably. Well, oh, if I didn't have a choice, then I'm saying that's what you're saying. Let's say that it started and it wasn't a draft, but everyone was compelled Everybody was, to go. Everybody was doing it. Um, probably. I don't know. I never really thought about it. I guess so. Yeah. Honestly, if everyone else was doing it, I'd probably do it. Yeah. Just do I think we could all go together. Yeah. It'd be fun, like be bunk mates. <laughs> you know, dude. What that could be a great reality show. Watching Francis be in the army. All right, Ryan. Would Ryan. you would you join the cause? Would you sign up? Wouldn't want to, but I would if everybody else did. I wouldn't be the first person to volunteer to do it. I would kind of wait back and see, and be if if I'm one of the people that's not doing, I'd be like, okay, I should probably be. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't take initiative. Yeah, I find Just this really honest. interesting, and if it's not interesting for other people, I apologize. But uh, boy, you know, I just think, man. Are we due? Are we going? Be kind of fun to get get the outfit, get kitted out, boots, new boots. You know, I mean, dude, yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's looming, but who knows? Okay, I don't want to spook everyone. By the time, no, you're not. You're not spooking me. I mean, by the time this comes out, 
if for some if some reason <laughs> all the shit that Francis is saying seems to be coming true, I will never disagree with him, his hunches again. Because apparently uh, his hunches have value. Have I been right about a bunch of stuff? No, but but, <laughs> <laughs> but you were concerned about COVID. I was show. on to COVID. I you were on. Up. Francis was a little concerned about COVID. Um, that ended up uh, going in his favor. So at this point, he's yes. Still, I really won that one. Francis is <laughs> Francis is in the is in the W column right now still. So we'll see what ends up happening with the, with Russia. Got it. And uh, with the collapse of the uh, economy. Any military <laughs> listeners out there would love to hear your thoughts. We can keep it anonymous if you, if uh, and I don't even know if you're allowed to talk about it, but uh, you can even just tell us about stuff that you do because it's interesting. Yeah, us. we love that shit. Tell um, us about whatever. Oops, email us at oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. Facts with Ryan. I bet there's a bunch. I feel like I spouted off a lot. I got as much as I could. Um, one, two, three, four. We have five things today. So, first, it costs $7.87 for general admission at the House of Terror Museum, which is 3,000 forints? Forints. Forints. Yeah. What is it? Forints. Forints. 3,000 forints. The origin of Red Up Your Alley, there's no definite origin of the expression, although the first recorded usage of the metaphorical (laughs) usage of the American expression dates to 1931. It can be found in m.e.gilman's Sob Sisters, Volume 65, and reads, quote, <laughs> It's about time a good murder broke, and this one is right up your alley. Okay, uh. that's good. Hungary and the USSR. The People's Republic of Hungary was the official state name of Hungary from 1949 to 1989 during the communist period under the control of Soviet Union. President Warren hooked up with Nana Popham Britton, who was a White House secretary. Mm. Um, Classic. I was looking up torture just mm-hmm. as we were talking about it. Have you guys ever heard of uh, heel hauling? <laughs> no. Heel hauling? So this one was you interesting. You put facial products on a person <laughs> until they die. So this torture <laughs> technique was used during the age of sail to punish sailors and criminals that committed egregious, egregious crimes. The condemned, uh, the, the person caught is tied to a rope that is thrown under the ship and fished out on the other side. This person is thrown overboard and dragged through the water under the keel of the ship, <laughs> scraping against razor-sharp barnacles. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, wow. terrible. Keel hauling? Yeah. That barnacles? Is... I mean, you That's want to talk about exfoliating. <laughs> that's, that's like that exfoliating scrub right there. That is one of Francis' favorite. Barnacle I'm has a, been a word we use. I do like times. barnacle quite a lot. And then the nightclub that your friends went to yeah. uh, is, the, is called the Ockert Nightclub. Max capacity is 2,000 people, and they have a strict dress code, <laughs> no sportswear whatsoever. Thank you, Ryan. Well done, Ryan. Excellent. Well done. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, what's going on, dude? What are you, uh, you know me. I'll be in Arlington uh, near D.C. at the Draft House, July 22nd and 23rd. I uh, hope some of you come out. Could be my last show before I join the the war. <laughs> Tickets at FrancisEllis.com. I'm at Side Splitters in Wesley Chapel in St. Petersburg, Florida, 14th to the 17th of July. Uh, Seattle at the Crocodile, July 28th, uh, August 20th, and Louisiana, New Orleans. Hope to see you at one of those. Thank you, and bye-bye.